I don't want to look back on my life and be like, I didn't do this thing because I was afraid. And there are things I haven't done because of that. And I think by recognizing that like fear has a purpose, it's to protect you. And our bodies don't always recognize what is a real fear versus a like perceived fear. Yeah, don't let it hold you back. Life's too short. Hello and welcome to Wilding 50. I'm your host, Christine Forrester. In this podcast, I will be interviewing surfers from my local breaks and beyond following a surf session. Whether you are learning to surf like me, keen on new adventures, or in the mood for a good conversation, I hope you will find some inspiration with these surf tales. This is the first of a two-part episode recorded on La Mission Surf Trip with the Surf Continuum. When I was in the very beginning stages of learning to surf, I was completely clueless about surf etiquette and all of the rudimentary steps that precede actually standing on a surfboard. Then I found KootCast, hosted by the Surf Continuum, and everything started to make sense. Coaches Chris and Ev do a fantastic job of breaking down the fundamentals of learning to surf, and they teach you how to stay safe in the water. After following their podcast for a year, I jumped at the chance to join their Baja surf trip. It was spectacular. Seven days of four-hour morning surf sessions in uncrowded lineups, lots of follow-up feedback, video sessions, and a locals experience in Baja. In addition, we were only seven students, the coolest group of people with whom you would ever hope to share this kind of intense experience. In the following two episodes, I interview the other two women who were on the trip with me. In this episode with Celia Mulderig, we talk about embracing fear head-on by doing scary things such as improv, Muay Thai kickboxing, Tough Mudder obstacle courses, and of course, learning to surf. We discuss how to set clear intentions before a surf session or any challenging activity, and the vital importance of creating community wherever you go. Celia will challenge you to be scared, but do it anyway, because more often than not, the stakes couldn't be lower. Hi, Celia. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Your personal motto is be afraid, but do it anyway. And that seems very applicable to your experimentation with improv in 2020. So tell us about that. Um, yeah, it was something that I'd wanted to do for a long time. So when I first moved to New York, I had this idea in my head that I would, you know, go to, um, uh, UCB or Upright Citizens Brigade. And, um, I would try this thing that I wanted to do. And then suddenly it was five years later and I'd never done it. Um, and so in 2020, I decided I was going to just do it and sign up. And, um, uh, it ended up being one of the scariest things I've ever done. Um, but it was actually amazing because the group I was with, even though we were very different people, like a lot of them were like 20 year old theater students who were, you know, making it in New York. Um, and I think there were four of us that were, uh, over the age of 30, it really pushed me outside of my comfort zone and it, it made me explore this more theatrical part that, yeah, that I'd wanted to explore. Um, but I think I just, I'd been too afraid. And the funny part about it was that the instructor had this, this other motto, that thing that she said that stuck with me that I use quite frequently, which is 
the stakes could not be lower. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> as hard as it you like, said that you said that a lot since <laughs> I've known you, right? We've known each other for about a week, which is okay. That's yeah, cool. it's. I mean, it's so useful because I mean, we were an adult improv class. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong, right? And the worst thing was that it's just not funny, and no one dies, and it's right. fine. No so, one. so just thinking of it that way, there's just been so many situations in my life or my friends' lives where um, I've used that. And anyway, the the point, the thing that was the scariest to me was that we had to put on a show at the end of it and actually like, right, like actually do this in front of people. And, uh, and we did it and it was great. And, and nobody died. Um, and (laughs) at the end of it, um, we all stayed in touch and like some of them are, you know, trying to still make it in theater and acting. Um, and for me, that was enough. I was like, okay, I've, I've tried this, but but yeah, it was it was scary. Yeah. It just felt like using muscles I'd never really you used. You just have to think on your toes a lot, right? And you're basically given some kind of a concept or a very yeah. loose idea and you just have to run with it. Totally. So the the whole idea is that you you yes and. So like your partner someone will throw out a word, so let's say pineapple, and you have this idea of what the scene would be and like who you are and where you are. And then your partner's like, and we're in space. And you're like, okay, now we're in space (laughs) and we've got this pineapple. And so it was a really good sort of um, uh, reframing that, you know, you're trying to take things along one way, but it can totally change and take you in a completely different way. Excellent. So along the same lines of being afraid, but doing it anyways, you also practice Thai kickboxing. Yes, and you Thai. actually moved to Thailand with the idea of competing. So I'd also, could you please tell us about that as well? I found Muay Thai when I was about 23. So my last year of college, um, I tried a boxing class and then I was going to, uh, I found this other MMA gym, um, but it was much more like sort of karate based martial arts. And that was happening in the front of the gym. And then in the back of the gym, there was just these guys and I would just hear like grunts coming from there and like really intense workout sounds. Uh, and I was like, Oh my God, that's, that seems like really too much. And, but I was curious, but it was intimidating. And then I went for the class one time and the instructor wasn't there. And the other instructor was like, why don't you come back here and try this? And so the first Muay Thai class I did, uh, it's, it was an hour and a half. And at the end of it, I didn't know if I was going to cry or throw up because it was <laughs> such an intense workout. And I was really hooked. And the, for a couple of reasons. The instructor was amazing. He was so charismatic, welcoming, like, you know, brought people together. Um, so immediately felt like this intimidating community was welcoming. And then also it was really hard and it was, yeah, I was just pushing yourself. And so I had, I ended up training, um, during the week. Um, so like, because I was a student, so I had a much more flexible schedule and started training with them. Um, and really had this idea that I wanted to maybe progress to amateur fights or to professional fighting, um, to represent that gym. But in the meantime, life happens and I was in my last year of college. And so, um, I got a job teaching in Japan after college because I thought, well, that'll be great. I'll have my year after graduation sorted and I'll get to travel and I'll get to, you know, um, hopefully pay back some student loans. But before that, my friend and I went to Thailand and we ended up just doing what 23 year olds in Thailand do, which is partying and like going on fun adventures. And, um, and I was going to go to a, a training camp at the time, but it was way less popular and it was, it was more difficult and you had to be almost a professional to go to one of these camps. So I didn't do it. 
And instead, when I went to Japan, I started working and then my career became a focus. And uh, it was hard to find gyms that did that style. Like there's different types of martial arts. So it didn't really happen. And then I got into running. I did find a gym and uh, I moved from Japan to London um, and I found a gym there. Um, and then I got injured. And so it had been this long sort of time of like doing it for a while and then not doing it. And finally, this was in 2020, I, um, uh, I decided like I'd been at my company for five years and I was like, I'm going to leave and go travel and do this stuff that, you know, I've put on the back burner. And so that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to go to Thailand and I'm going to do this training camp and I'll, I'll sign up for two weeks and I'll see how I feel after that. And so it ended up being, I was there for a month and this was directly before COVID. So, and it was amazing. And, but in the process of actually being there, I realized I didn't want to really do a competition. I didn't want to try and do an amateur fight. And when you go to Thailand, there are, there are different sort of shady gym owners who can like push you into doing a fight, whether you're ready or not. So it's really important to find the right gym and not just end up competing uh, before you're ready. And that's where I think the relationship between like your coach and, uh, and you as an athlete is really important that you have that trust bond that they're not going to put you in a situation where, uh, you're in danger. So, but I didn't know that going there. Um, I was like, let's see, I'll see how I feel. And then in watching the commitment it takes to actually train for a fight, the level of risk of injury, oh, it's gotta be enormous. <laughs> huge. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, you're, you're lucky if you don't get injured. Um, and there's like, you get injured just training anyway, but like actually very badly injured. I was like, I don't want to risk that. So, um, it made me realize like I can, I can do the sport and appreciate it and try and get better at it, but I don't ultimately have to get to this level this of competing. Level. Right. Yeah. yeah. At one point, so you were the VP of e-commerce marketing for the company Tough letter, which is also yes. kind of this crazy obstacle course yes. intensive thing, right? But that sport has a sense of community, right? And I was mm -hmm. wondering at what point that ties in with the Thai kickboxing and then you're, and then to contrast that with surfing, because we're going to move into, into that. Yeah. Arena now. Yeah. This was a bit strange. So I was working in, um, e-commerce and retail for a British retailer in London and my partner got a job in New York. So when I moved to New York, it was a bit of a reset. Um, my company didn't have any offices there or any presence in the US. So I was looking for jobs and I was looking for jobs at like big retailers, um, working on their, their, uh, project management and development. And, and then I saw this job for Tough Mudder and they were looking for somebody to come in and set up their e-commerce program. And the job description was like three pages long. And I was like, well, I think I can do two of these three pages <laughs> worth of stuff. <laughs> and when I later met the CMO, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. He's very thorough and like um, very detail oriented. So I, I started working with them. And uh, every time I thought about leaving, they gave me some new opportunity. And it was a really wild ride. It was um, really fun had great people that worked there and, and you describe yeah. the, the obstacle course like so yeah. anybody who doesn't know what tough mudder is they can have a vision of what this race is yeah absolutely so tough mudder um a typical obstacle course would be like eight to ten miles and it would have about 20 different obstacles that you would have you'd have to complete um and the obstacles themselves could be like going over, you know, this series of barrels or like carrying these logs. Um and then there were the big obstacles where 
uh, you had to like jump, grab onto a bar, swing, hit a bell, and then fall into a pit of water. Or uh, one of our famous ones, uh, you had to like run up a half pipe and jump and grab the top. And usually you couldn't grab the, the top of the rail yourself. So there would be people at the top pulling you over. And these um, are also participants. These are also participants. So this is the community aspect of it, right? I'm just yeah. thinking also about Thai kickboxing where you are actually competing, you know, trying to eliminate your compo- opponent. And in this case, you actually had your kind of competing in a way with these participants, but you're all kind of helping each other through the, through the course. Yeah. It's so with Tough Mudder, yeah, it, none of it was timed and that was very intentional. Like, um, the CEO had done, um, a triathlon and was struggling to get out of his wetsuit and he asked someone for help and they brushed him off and pushed past him. And so just that feeling of like, you yeah. can't even ask someone for help right. uh, in this moment. Uh, it was sort of fostered into the, the ethos of the company. And so we actually intentionally built obstacles where you would have to work together to complete them. And there's something really powerful when you're doing it about a stranger just like you reach out a hand and a stranger just grabs it and helps you over. There's no questions asked like, who are you? What do you need? It's like, I see you and I help you. So you've got the endorphins from your just the full exertion, but then there's all this other endorphins from this person who did this nice kind gesture to you, right? So yeah. it's got to be really thrilling. Yeah. And it was great to be a part of like oxytocin, I think should come through right through in there. Right. And I think that's it. Like so many people had amazing experiences because often it was, forcing yourself to do the thing that you thought you couldn't do. And then when you accomplish it, you have that amazing feeling of achievement. Um, and then also you're doing it with people, you're doing it with friends, you're doing it with strangers. Yeah. Really just fostering that sense of like accomplishing hard things together with Thai boxing. Um, yeah, you're the individual in the ring, but you have a team behind you. And I, I'm part of a gym, um, in Los Angeles right now, um, where some of the athletes are competing and the gym comes out for them and like supports them. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important to have that, to know that like you might be the, the one in the ring, but you've got that team behind you. Sure. Well, let's move on to yeah. surfing. So we are currently on a surf trip in Baja <laughs> yeah. organized by the surf continuum and you are my roommate. Yes. And I think it's quite risky to room with someone you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're doing a rigorous week of four hour surf sessions in the mornings as we have been. But I felt this immediate kinship with you mm-hmm. um, and it's been a joy to be your roommate. Um, mostly because you're always joking and you're so, you're really open to sharing yourself. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so it's been great. Yeah. And so in Baja, we've been working a lot with the fundamentals of surfing. And uh, these are developed by Coach Chris and Coach Evan. Shout out to the Kootcast, right? For they've given us beginners a really good tool. Yeah. Belt. Absolutely. And so I would love it if you could walk us through your progress this week and discuss a few of the fundamentals that you focused on in your surfing. Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to surf for a long time and, you know, um, but really sort of got more serious about it in the last, well, I guess since last spring, so almost a year. And, and that's part of why I came on this trip because I was, I felt like I was just sort of plateauing by myself. Like I surfed with a friend in LA, um, who's about my level. And I was like, I just need some focus. I need some, somebody to help me understand what are the things that I'm doing or not doing, um, that are holding me back. And I think that coming into this, I did a session with them the week before we came. And I found that really useful because they pointed out some things that I hadn't realized I was doing. I was too far back on my board. 
So I was going for waves and I was just slowing myself down. That kind of gave me a focus coming into this, which I, I'm very goal oriented. So I really like, I really like notice. I'm like, okay, what's my intention for this? Uh, and I really, I had three intentions coming on the trip or three goals. One was to improve my surfing. One was to meet other surfers because it can, it can be very lonely and it can be, um, difficult to, find that community within surfing, especially people who are at your level, either above or below. I'm meeting lots of people who are absolute beginners and a few people who are like more experienced, but it's hard to meet people who are sort of in the same place as you. And then I think the third thing was just also because I'm relatively new to California, just trying to understand this area better and understand like different surf spots in Southern California, Northern Baja um, that I could go to. Yeah. So those are my three goals. I think I've accomplished all of them. Yeah. (laughs) It's worked. Well, I've been your witness. (laughs) Yeah. I've accomplished those goals, but more specifically about what I've been trying to work on with this surfing trip. It was a bit of a reset for me because I felt like I'd been surfing quite a bit and yet hadn't really felt like it was coming together or it would come together, but then I would like grass and that's been really frustrating. Uh, What I learned this week was that really looking to see the waves better. So better positioning in the water to go and catch waves. I think I was going too much on the shoulder as opposed to like actually going deep or I was going too deep too soon. And then the wave would pass me by. So really trying to understand positioning. That was the first thing I think I've improved on this week. The other one uh, was setting the rail. So making sure not trying to pop up right away, but actually making sure to take a beat and to angle one way or the other, um, and sort of set the intention on the wave. Um, and I've gotten better at that, but I still have a long way to go with it. Less so the pop-up, but I think just stability on the board and like dismounting were the other things that I've been working on. So nothing to do with actually standing up on the, on your surfboard <laughs> and going, but all the other stuff. All the stuff that gets you there. Yeah. The first part, yeah. The beginning and the end of it is what we've worked on. Yeah. I, it's been really fun because we're all, there's like seven of us here on this mm-hmm. trip and we, so that we, we now understand all the fundamentals and then we do these video recaps. And so it's really neat actually to see the, not only feel our own progress, but seeing other people around us, our mm-hmm. group's progress, and then also seeing how that plays out on the video. I think it's, it really cements it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're talking about, for example, the rail set, like, okay, now I'm finally feeling, I press it up and I push it in, but then I'm seeing you do it. And then I see it on the video later and I, Right. It's just over yeah. and over and over again. I think that's what we need is that repetition until it's like finally drilled into our heads, but then mm-hmm. also feels natural in our bodies. And You've got that muscle memory yeah. to do it. Yeah, I agree. And I think this trip has been really supportive. Like I think we talked, we've talked about a dinner, but having the team kind of behind you and like cheering when you get that wave or like, cause we all know what we're all working on. Right. So if like one of us gets a wave, everyone's like, Oh yeah. Like, right. Way to go. So it does I can, feel like a win for the team. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're going to nationals soon. <laughs> but no, it feels and I think that in a very singular sport, it's good to have that like that camaraderie and that like team spirit in the lineup. Maybe maybe I can ask you, what have you learned this week? <laughs> it feels like so much. I think for me is that I was very nervous coming mm-hmm. in, thinking, how am I gonna be able to have the stamina to go? four hours. I've never served for four hours in a row, first of all. Yeah. And to think that I'm going to do that every day for a week. 
So to get through the first day felt like a huge win for me, just that, you know, yeah, I did have the stamina, I could do it. And I'm also one of the definite beginners of the group. So, and that's fine. Like I, that's just where I'm at. It's been really neat to, like, as you said, you know, we've talked about this different, this sense of community. And when I surf, I've been learning to surf and most of the time, I, I times I go by myself and I try mm-hmm. to find that open space in the water. So it's been a very kind of solitary sport for me so far except for when I do these sessions. And that's part of the, the reason, the instigation behind the podcast is I really wanted to build that sense of community and yeah. and spend the time to get to, especially somebody who knows a little bit more than me and like have that dialogue together. I guess I just have, beyond the fundamentals, because I really think Coach Evan, Coach Chris do such a good job at breaking those things down as a beginner where you have no idea of what mm-hmm. you're doing and they really like break it down well for you. But I really feel that sense of community is so important. Like mm-hmm. I have never felt so much just like glee and bliss in the water with a mm. group of people because we're all here with with that same kind of project and mm-hmm. heart, you know, putting a lot of heart into it at the same time. So it's been really, really fun just to feel my progress, but then everybody else's progress around me. It's interesting. Like you mentioned being afraid. And I think that's something that I very much felt like the first day we went out, it was the wind was throwing water in our faces. It felt really big. And that feeling of like, can I do this? Like I've been trying to prepare for this, like, but am I going to just get out there and not be able to do anything? Like, I think there's so much, I have so much fear in surfing fear of like being in the lineup and like getting in someone's way and fear of like, um, and getting like shot again, the stakes couldn't be lower. Somebody right. shouting at you, but <laughs> But I also feel that, um, yeah, even just going for some of the waves, like part of the wave positioning was being like, that wave looks huge and I'm still going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to three out of four times, I might just like get rocked, but that one time it will line up and I'll like actually get a great ride. And I think so much of it is just overcoming fear and like just routinely putting yourself in a place where you're afraid and you get a little bit less afraid every time you do it. I really respect you for that. I, I, now that I understand, you know, your, your history too, and it seems like you really do live up to that idea of be afraid and do it anyway. And and you see that through working with Tough Mudder, going to Thailand to learn Thai kickboxing. <laughs> I mean, improv, and it's, there, there are a variety of activities. It's not like they're all physical, right? There's mm-hmm. this whole, and now with the surfing. So good for you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I think part of it, is that I don't want to look back on my life and be like, I didn't yeah. do this thing because I was afraid. Right. And there are things I haven't done because of that. And I think by recognizing that like fear has a purpose, it's to protect you. And our bodies don't always recognize like what is a real fear versus a like perceived fear. Yeah. Don't let it hold you back. Life's too short. It is. Thank <laughs> you right. so much, Celia. This Thank is great. you. Yeah, I'm glad we did it. Me too. Anytime. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. On, on to more Baja. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you feel inclined to leave a kind review, I would greatly appreciate it. I hope you'll stay tuned for the next Surf Tale on the Wilding 50 podcast.